You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. You can visit us online at theriverdurant.com. We hope this podcast is a blessing to you and you can even bless someone else with it. But what I want to talk about today is heritage and legacy. Heritage and legacy. What kind of impact are you going to have in this world? What kind of legacy, what kind of heritage are you going to leave? What kind of footprint are you going to leave on this planet, in this world? What kind of impartation are you going to give to the ones that come after you? A hundred years from now, what are they going to say about you? Are they going to say that you dropped the ball in the family? Are they going to say that you built something beautiful, that you built a heritage, that you built a legacy with your life? I believe that God has called us to build our house. The Bible sometimes uses the word house differently than the way that we use it sometimes. The house of Jacob, the house of Jesse, it doesn't just refer to a residence, but it refers to everything that we are responsible for in our life, our family, our children, the, the morals that we pass down, the integrity that we pass down, the character that we pass down, the physical things that we pass down, the name that we have. How many of us know the Bible says that a a good name is better than precious gold and precious silver? Amen. God is very, very interested in the legacy that we leave. Okay, now there's another dynamic because we know that we were born into this world once. And I was born as a coker. And let's be honest, I get all of the negative coker junk. Right? I get all the genetics from grandpa and great-grandpa and great-great-grandpa and my dad and all of, the, all of the bad patterns, all of the silly stuff, all of the stupid mistakes. Honestly, I get genetically. It's unavoidable. And guess what? All of your kids, congratulations, get all of your junk. All right. Woo! Isn't that exciting? All of your mistakes, all of your bad habits they get. Why? Because this world is cursed. Because our flesh... It's fallen because of Adam. Thank you, Adam. You're great. What a swell guy. But thanks to God, there was a second Adam. Amen. Because God sent his seed into the womb of a woman named Mary. And Jesus Christ called the second Adam. is here to redeem that. And we have been born once with that corrupt inheritance, with that corrupt legacy. But God has caused us to be born again. We've been born again spiritually. And the Bible says that we have been made new. The Bible says that we've been made a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And God, get, get, get this, guys, because in 1 Peter it says that we have been born of an incorruptible seed, and that is the, the living and abiding word of God. That's Jesus. Amen? We have the seed of God inside of us, and our new man, our spiritual man, has the legacy of God. Our new man has the heritage of God. And the inheritance of God is ours because we're a part of the family. Because we're now blood relatives. Amen? Amen. 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 Today I want to talk about heritage and legacy. And, and this is, this is my, my big point. I want to drive it home many times so that we get it today. Because I really feel that this is from the Lord. And I'm going to be real with you guys this morning. And I want you to know ahead of time that as I'm preaching this, I am absolutely not excluded from it. I'm preaching to myself and everyone here. I think this is a word that God has been sharing with me, and I want to give it to you out of love, the truth and love. Amen? But today, I want to talk about the legacy that we are leaving. 
not just the spiritual legacy that we have from God, but the legacy that we're leaving with what we are doing with our lives. Because whether we like it or not, we are making an impact. Whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, whether you want it, don't want it, like it or not, every single one of you is making an impact on this world. You're making an effect. You're making a change. That's not always good. <laughs> it's not always a good thing. Because past you, there is a multitude. God planted just a few trees on this world and the earth filled from seed to fruit, from seed to fruit, from seed to fruit. The power of a seed is amazing. Now the world is filled with foliage because of just a few. The concept of a seed is powerful. And in er inside of every single one of you, there is a seed. And behind every single one of you is a multitude. The next generation and the next generation, your kids and your grandkids and your great-grandchildren. There is a multitude that will come from you. And you affect that. You affect the world. Sometimes we think so small-minded, so small-mindedly. Sometimes we think that, how can I have an effect? How can I have an influence? And it's so easy in this day and age, it's so easy in this country to breeze by life. It's so easy to live a nonchalant, non-caring life that we just don't care. Just whatever. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. We just let it happen. But that's not God's will for us. God's will for us is to create a legacy and heritage. And it's supposed to come from the legacy and the heritage that we have in our spirit. The kingdom of God. Because, because guess what, church? This world is a fallen place, but he has shed his light abroad. He has shed his love through Christ in our hearts for the world to see. And guys, we have the answer. Wow. We have the answer to the hurting world, and it's Christ. It's the love of God. Amen? So I'm going to tell you a quick story about great, great, great Grandpa Coker. Okay? And I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. I am Pastor Curtis's son. My name is Christopher Coker, and I just returned from Colorado. It was a blast. Uh, spent a year and a half up there as a youth pastor. I learned a lot. Got to meet a lot of parents. Oh, just a side note, okay? Our country isn't the same as it used to be. Don't ground your kids from church, please. Just don't do it. Can I get a witness, dude? It's the most retarded thing I've ever seen. My kid's acting up, so I'm going to ground him from God. That makes sense. Genius. Okay, so don't do that, please, for the sake of us youth pastors. Amen? Amen. Anyways, great, great, I think great Grandpa Coker. There's a story in our family about this man, and apparently he had up to 50% in his, in his possession, up to 50% of Wichita Falls belonged to this one man. Wichita Falls, Texas is a pretty decent-sized town. This man had it going on, and actually most of the stories you hear say that he had more than 50%. Maybe that's a coker exaggeration. We don't know. But nonetheless, he had a lot to his name. The Coker name was a big name in town. The Coker name was something. The Coker name was something to, to tilt your ear to. Okay? But, everyone say but. But great, great, great Grandpa Coker didn't seem 
to see it as grandiose as we all see it in this room. Because one day, everyone say one day, in a fun game of poker, that's right, all of his assets, most if not all of his assets lost in a game of poker. And he went from riches to poverty in one day. Because this man did not think of me. He wasn't thinking about me. He wasn't thinking about my dad. He wasn't thinking about my grandpa or my great-grandpa. Mr. Coker was thinking about himself. Right? And he didn't see what he had. Church, we've all got something. Don't take it for granted. It's a good point, but that wasn't the point I was trying to make, so I'm going to continue the story. So great-grandpa, great-great-great-grandpa, wasn't thinking about us. He was thinking about himself. And he went from riches to poverty in a day. And my great-great-grandpa, my great-grandpa, and my grandpa all spent their lives in poverty. Wow. Everyone say, wow. My father was born in poverty. I was not. You know, I... As I've grown up, I've come to respect my father more and more. I've always respected my father simply because he's my father, because that's what the Bible says. But, but the fact that his childhood was much different than mine causes me to respect him more. And I'm not going to try to toot my dad's horn too much, but my dad wasn't just concerned with himself. He was thinking about us. He was thinking about what am I going to leave my kids? What am I going to have for my grandchildren? He was thinking about kingdom. He was thinking about legacy and heritage. And my dad started a process that, by God, I'm going to continue. And it might seem crazy because I don't even have a girlfriend right now. <laughs> to be thinking about my children, most people think that's crazy. But God's been putting on my heart to think about my kids and my grandkids. What am I going to pass on? What am I going to make the Coker name to be? Are people going to say that Cokers are a family filled with the presence of God? Are they going to say Cokers are the righteous inheritance of God? Are they going to say they're the gamblers who squandered everything that God gave them? What are they going to say about us? It's up to me. And church, this is the message that I really feel like God wants to just get in your heart because it's in mine. What are they going to say about your name? Are we thinking about us? Or are we thinking about the future? Are we thinking about them? Are we thinking about our kids and our grandkids? Because it is God's divine responsibility that he's put upon us to make and to build our house. Frank and Gay, I see these people as such a family, such a, a, a marriage of legacy and heritage. They continue and continue to stretch and invest and grow and learn more every day. And, and they're pressing towards the mark of the prize, the high calling of God. They haven't gotten in a rut, as so many of us do, but they continue to stretch for the stars because that's the way that God made us. God's original intent in the book of Genesis was to be fruitful and multiply. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you know, and I don't care what you don't know. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to multiply, and guess what? God's designed you to multiply. God's designed you to be fruitful. And anytime we're something other than that, we feel dead inside. 
guess what? A tree grows all its life, and it starts dying the moment that it stops growing. And I've met a lot of really young, old people. And I've met a lot of really old, young people. What's the difference, church? The difference is, is people like Frank and Gay, they continue to strive to learn more. They continue to grow. They continue to say, I'm going to mature some more. I'm going to learn some more. Because God's plan for our life is so much bigger than us. So much bigger than what we see day to day. So much bigger than great, great, great Grandpa Coker ever thought. Because if he would have left these beautiful things, the gift of God to us, we would have been so much better off, right? <laughs> we would have been living in which stuff off. <laughs> but we're not. And that's okay. So what are you doing? And I'm not meaning to be condescending or mean at all. I just feel the unction of God. What are we doing? Are we living our life for us, like Grandpa Coker? Are we living for him, for the kingdom, for heritage, for legacy? Are we living beyond ourselves? Let me tell you a story. Let's all turn to the book of Matthew. Pretty sure it's in Matthew. Okay, can you turn with me to Matthew chapter 25? If you're still looking, say, hold on, preacher. Okay, we're going to read a, little bit of a, read a little bit of the Bible. Is that okay? All right. So Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. This is the parable of the talents. How many of you are familiar with this story? Nobody? No? <laughs> okay, good, good. Anyways, in verse 14, let's start. It says, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went away and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents, and I bring you five talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, Master, you delivered to me two talents, and here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. 
Here, have what is yours. But his master answered to him, You wicked and slothful servant. Ouch. You knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent, so take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In, the place, in that place, there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Everyone say, my, my, my. All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you very much. And this morning, we thank you for this opportunity to be together and to honor you in the sharing of the word and to honor you in the, in the hearing of it and the receiving of it. Lord, we ask that you come in our midst and be amongst us and minister amongst us, Holy Spirit. And we just want to say that we love you very much. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so there was three servants. One had five, one had two, and one had one. Now, these are three different kinds of people in this world. And it's, I think, can be, can be uh, interpreted this way, that it's talking about influence. Some people have a five influence. Some people have a two influence, and some have a one influence. There's just some people in this world who influence more people. And are the ones less important than the five? Of course not. The two less important than the five? No, they're just different. They have different roles to play. But so many of us who are a one, and there's way more ones than there are twos and fives. Way more, okay? We're called average. Everyone raise your hand and say, yeah, yeah, I'm average. It's okay to be average. You're special in God's eyes, right? So many of us are ones, and we make the mistake so often of saying, I'm not affecting anything. We're all called to ministry. We're all called to be ministers of God, but we say, when someone talks about affecting the world and influencing the world, they say, that's not me. That's for somebody else. I say no. God has given every single one of you a gift. He's given every single one of you something. Grandpa Coker didn't see it. He didn't get it, even though he had a lot. Don't make that mistake. Don't make the mistake of thinking that what you have isn't enough. So many of you say, well, I don't, got, I don't have the business knowledge that Greg C. has. I don't got the know-how. I never went to school. How can I invest? How can I preach to my kids? How can I raise up heritage in my home of character and integrity and honor? How can I do these things? I've only got one. Don't bury what you have. Don't be that one servant who was afraid. Let me tell you what, one of the most common phrases in the Bible is fear not. Why does God, one of the reasons why God wants us to be governed by peace, no matter how much we fail, no matter how much we screw up, He wants us to be governed by peace because of this. He wants us to continue to try. And I, I wish that the Bible would have, I wish that that story would have gone on and maybe done it a second time to see what the master would have said to the servant if he had invested his one and lost it. Now, this is just speculation, but I'm pretty sure the master would have said, well done, good and faithful servant. You did what I asked you to do. And you screwed up, but that's okay. I've got plenty of it. 
to go around. He's God. But we can't be that one who is afraid because we haven't had the experience before. What happened? We were all babies once, right? With zero experience. And everything we did was a mistake. We pooped everywhere. We cried everywhere. We vomited. We got sick. It was all about us. We were selfish. We were all wrong. We had to be trained to be right, right? How did we get from this place where it was okay to make tons of mistakes to all of a sudden we're adults now, all of a sudden we've lived tons of years in this life, and all of a sudden it's not okay to make mistakes? Guess what? It's human nature to screw up. It just is, and God is okay with it. He wants you not to be that, that, that last servant that says, I'm afraid that I'm going to screw up. I'm afraid that I'm going to lose your money. I'm afraid that I'm going to hurt some more people. I'm afraid that I'm going to miss my dreams again. I'm afraid that it's going to fail. I'm afraid that it's going to fall apart, so I'm not going to stretch. I'm not going to reach anymore. That's not supposed to be you. Because let me tell you what, I don't care if you're a one, a two, a five, God's given you something special. And First Peter says that he has imparted inside of you the very seed of God. What we have to understand is inside of us is the kingdom. God didn't send his son to die on a cross so that we could go to heaven. God sent his son to die on a cross so that we could be righteous before God, so that, everyone say, so that. The governor, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the empowerer could fill us up. He cleansed our temple so that we could be filled by the Holy Spirit, so that, everyone say, so that. We could be an influence in this world, so that we could do things bigger than ourselves. But if you bury it, you're not going to have anything. And your family tree, your lineage, your heritage, your legacy, the children, grandchildren that come after you, that tree is going to start dying the moment that you bury it. The moment that you stop trying. The moment that you say, I've been stuck in this rut and I'm just going to stay there because it's easier. The moment you make that decision is when your tree starts to die. Because we were meant to multiply. We were meant to grow. That's what life is. That's what the design is. Wow. Everybody say amen. Amen. Man. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I could just quote it to you, but I want to read it so you know that's there. See, it's right there. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 4. To such is the confidence, everybody say confidence, that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves, everyone say ourselves, to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. Who has made us competent? Everyone say competent. Competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now the world was going from bad to worse to worse to worse, but God sent His Son into the world to shed the light of God 
to shed his love and his grace and his peace and his mercy and his salvation and redemption and reconciliation throughout the world because he loves us very, very much. And that seed is in you. Everybody say, in me. In me. The power of God. Oh, we're not competent because of the stuff that we know. We're competent because of who we know. Paul says, I know in whom I have believed. Doesn't matter that I've never done this before. It matters that God is for me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? And God's will for your life is not for you to be stuck in a rut. God's will for your life is to be fruitful and to multiply. God's will for your life is to create a heritage for your family and a heritage that comes from his heritage, a legacy that comes from his legacy, from the inside out, a legacy of hope, a legacy of courage, and a legacy of love and character and integrity. Build your house. Tell you what, I'm going to mess up a lot. I know it, but God's put it in my heart to build my house to build the name so that 100 years from now, 150 years from now, they'll say, the Cokers are family of God. The Cokers stood in the gap. When our country was going to pot, they stood. How many of us know that our country is going to pot? Amen. (laughs) It's not good. The America that we knew 80 years ago is gone. The America that we knew 20 years ago is disappearing. And the America of tomorrow is going to scare us. <laughs> we have to learn. We have to learn. I'm telling you, you have to learn how to trust him. I don't have the answers for you, 23. Of course you know that. <laughs> no pastor has the answer for you. No leader as the answer for you because what is going to happen and I feel this in all sincerity what is going to happen in our country is going to get ugly and there's no kind of preparation that we can do in this earthly world to prepare, us, to prepare ourselves for that the government that's happily supporting us today is going to be the government that we fear tomorrow and there is no way to earth, to, in this world prepare for that but let me tell you church there is a way you can prepare for it There is, and it's him. We have to learn how to take that one talent and give it and invest it and do it. I'm just going to paraphrase this, save time. Jesus says, he who hears my word and does it is like a man who built his house on the rock. And who is the rock? It's Jesus. But the man who hears my words and does not do them He's like a man who builds his house, everybody say house, on the sand. And the rain comes, and the storms come, and the wind blows, and great was the fall of his house. Let me tell you what, great was the fall of great-grandpa Coker's house, of our house. Great was the fall of it in a day, from riches to poverty. And great will be the fall of your house, I guarantee it, if we do not build it on Christ. If we're not building on, on his principles, on following and doing, everyone say doing, what we hear him say. Oh, church, security is in him. And we have so much peace, so much peace to say, 
what's happening out here is happening out here, but what's happening in here is it trumps it all. God is for me. What can be against me? The economy can't be against me. The government can't be against me because I have him. Let me tell you what, the first century church was so persecuted. It was so ugly. It was so real. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't some light thing. They were getting killed. Oh, but there was something real. There was something powerful that was happening. And it couldn't be stopped. And I'm telling you, the same thing is inside of you. And no matter how ugly it gets... The answer is him. And we have to learn now. While we have the opportunity, while mistakes are, okay, while the, the consequences for mistakes are less, we need to learn how to stretch ourselves in following the voice of God. We need to learn how to say, yes, Lord. Everyone say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. There are some people in this church that have said, yes, Lord, all their lives. I want to say thank you for being an example for us, for standing in the gap, for holding the heritage of the Lord and imparting that to us. I was imparted the heritage of God from my father. Thanks be to the Lord. Frank and Gay, thank you very much. We have a lot to learn. We have so much to learn. Oh, but we have to be willing to grow beyond ourselves. Always. Always. Amen? I think that's all I got. <laughs> let's, let's pray real quick. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we honor you. We love you very much. And God, we thank you that you have given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We thank you, Lord, that all of your promises are yes and amen in Jesus. Lord, we thank you that that you are supplied and promised to supply all of our needs according to your riches and according to your glory in Christ Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you that we can be caught up in your wings like eagles, Lord, and be taken above this life, even when this life gets ugly. Lord, we thank you that you have sent your Son to die on a cross to pay the price so we wouldn't have to, so that we could have peace with you, Lord so that we could have a relationship with you, Lord, and understand what it is to really, truly live. Oh, God, would you move upon our hearts to reach for more? Would you move upon our hearts to move, to go, to say, yes, Lord? Oh, God, we want to be like you. We want to be just like you, Jesus. We want to look like you. We want, to, we want people to say, was that this guy so-and-so or was that Jesus? I couldn't tell. Lord, this morning we honor you and thank you with all of our hearts for doing what you've done and what you're going to do. We thank you and praise your name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen.